Welcome to the Connected Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Dawson. I'm a working medium, spiritualist minister, certified spiritual life coach, and mentor. My goal is to help support today's modern mediums and spiritual seekers in making strong connections with their own spirit and spirit helpers. I will share all I know about mediumship development and spirituality. I invite you to join me on this journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. My next guest was born to be different. Mm -hmm. Since she was a little girl, she always knew on the deepest level that there was more to life than what most of us allow ourselves to perceive. After growing through her own initial awakening process, years of battling between the head and the heart, she was reminded of who and what she truly is, aligning with her soul and purpose. Through intuitive work and coaching, she is committed to helping others connect with their spirit, as well as offer guidance that can help heal inner child wounding, karmic patterns, and conditioned beliefs that keep them from living in alignment with the abundance that they're truly worthy of. I'm so pleased to welcome Stephanie Jameson to the show. So nice to have you on the show, Stephanie, and it's so nice to share this space with you. Yeah, thank you. So just mentioning, you know, we had a a brief little chat before the show started and I really connected with you on social media. I don't know, maybe three years ago, four years ago, something like that. And what I loved about you is that you gave the raw goods and there was none of this showy stuff. Or if you look on social media and bless everybody's hearts, everyone's trying to do their thing, but there's a lot of copycats Yeah, and maybe different accounts, things like that. But you're, you're copying somebody else's work or theme and there's this lack of authenticity. And I would even go as far as saying in then integrity in their work, because if you're trying to, you know, walk the walk, if you're talking the talk, you got to be able to walk the walk too. And you've done that. And over the year, you know, I would say maybe like the last year or so, there's been like this big noticeable change in your social media account. And also too, like a lot of your old posts, I think you deleted a bunch of them too. I did. did. So tons and stuff going on. And I just have always resonated with you. And I'm so happy that you were agreeable to come on the show. So you're an intuitive, you're a psychic medium, you're a healer, you're an author. I am. (laughs) Like, holy smokes, you've got a lot that you have accomplished and you're still endeavoring to do. Wondering if you can maybe like take us back a little bit to, you know, maybe your early years or when you remember, have a remembering of when you had these moments of knowing or intuitiveness or a psychic awareness and kind of what took you to that place of having this awakening and going, okay, I'm actually going to do something with this, or this is the right time in my life to start to unfold these, uh, these abilities or these levels of awareness. Sure. Oh, I love that. And thank you so much for all the kind, kind words. I really do strive to put myself out there and it's not easy for me at all. As you know, we were talking about sensitive. It's not easy. Um, I identify with an intuitive dreamer. So we're talking from like age five, age six, 
running up to dad, running up to mom, running up to him going, I dreamt about so-and-so who passed away and they told me to tell you this or no, so-and-so came through in my dream. And so um, like so many, I grew up being stifled to think and not feel and whatever is most logical. And that's wonderful that you experienced that in dreamland, honey, but let's go ahead and let's get our head out of the clouds, come back to earth, you know, and focus on what's right in front of you. So a lot of the times growing up, I, I grew up in a very heavily conditioned household. So we're talking religious conditioning of, of Catholic and that's totally fine. I was baptized Catholic, um, but it just never quite resonated with me because I always was like, if what my gifts are, are wrong, then why did God make me this way? Yeah. Right. I, and so I really challenged the adults and, and, and people who were supposed to be much wiser than me yeah. um, because I, I was always the kid who was asking why but why does it have to be this way? And why does it have to be that way? Or if I could feel something going on in the room, like parents were arguing or people were this or that, I would call people on it. And I was told to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Right. So you're told to keep your mouth shut and you're just like, okay. And then you're starting, you start to get conditioned that your sense of clairsentience, um, your sense of knowing your claircognizance, it's bullshit. Yeah. And so you just, as you grow, you stifle it away right? And as you know, everybody on this planet is psychic. We're all born with psychic abilities. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, here's the thing though. Society conditions us to be logical and we all go into robot mode. So as I got older, I started to naturally go into robot mode because of the, the home I was living in. They lived in robot mode, you know, um, and I witnessed codependency and I witnessed, you know, all the things that just were unhealthy. And so by the time I turned 17, 18 years old, I was having these massive psychic experiences and I just felt completely and totally alone. I was like, no way. This is like, I, I'm either, I thought there was something wrong with me. I truly did. So kind of stifled it. Um, when I was 17, uh, I ended up in a situation where uh, my grandfather who had passed away ended up showing up at the end of my bed. And I saw him and I felt this amazing amount of peace. And I remember I called my mother at the time and I said, I just saw this and I don't know what to do with it. And she said, you know, you've been saying these kind of things since you were little. Like, yeah. (laughs) You know, um, by the time I was 21, 22, 23, it was like so loud, but I had started getting myself into a place where I needed to, you know, I started a business. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 23. Um, And so I went towards logic in that way. Yeah. When I was in my early thirties, um, I started getting sick and I got moved through my awakening at 33, which so many of us do. It's a pretty pretty magical number. Um, and I ended up coming down with a kidney issue and I didn't have issues with my kidney at all. So I was living in in a place of just constant stress. I was worried about everything. I was choosing fear over love, which is why, as you know, my main message is make sure you're choosing love over fear, which we can talk about. But um, I was just in this place where I was choosing worry, anxiety, control, um, you know, all this stuff that was the exact opposite alignment of who we are. And my body just started to fail on me. And so I ended up at the hospital with um, a 
10 millimeter kidney stone. 10. Wow. They somehow, I have no idea, they mismeasured it and they sent me home. Sent me home. Oh my God. I couldn't pass the stone, obviously. It's too, it was too big. Never had kidney stone issues in my life. This was the first yeah. one and I've yet to have one since. Okay. So long story short, about I don't know, about four or six weeks go, goes by and I'm just having all these issues. I go back to the hospital and they're like, oh, it looks like you passed the size of kidney stone. And I said, no, I don't know what you were talking about. The doctor goes into another room, comes back with the nurse and says, we need to get you into this situation. Now. And 48 hours, they removed this kidney stone from me. So I was kind of forced to do nothing. Like it took, it was about about, yeah, I'd say about six to eight weeks of just solid being in bed, resting, then having the kidney stone removed and then being in bed wow. again. It was insane. So what do you do when you're just laying there? You feel. Yes, you do. <laughs> you feel all this stuff. Um, I also had somebody who had kind of come back into my life from my past who had known me since I was a kid. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, reminded me who I was. And there's a very love bond there. There's just this friendship. There's just this bond. It's like comrade, you know? And it was like once I felt that feeling of love, which is so powerful. Yes. Click my biofield, total clarity. And it was like, oh, holy shit, you have a ton of shadow work to do. Yeah. Right? So then that when that came back in my my psychic ability all the chapters began to make sense my clairvoyance came in even stronger my clairsentience hit hard my clear knowing you know my clear audience was off the chart you know and it was just like i was seeing experiencing going through all this stuff i was seeing spirit clearer than i ever had um i was having people who had passed come through constantly you know and i was like oh my gosh so what do i do just like everybody else i go to social media and i go what is this Right. Yes. <laughs> you go to YouTube, you go here and you just like start silently doing all the things and you're like, what is this? And then you realize that there's other people like you and you're like, oh my God. Okay. I found my family online in some yeah. way. It's so, so important what we have these shared experience, share experiences with people um, because it's so hard. So hard. And, and oftentimes, just like, you know, um, we're born into family situations where we're the ones breaking the karmic patterns. Yeah. So I remember, God bless her. I remember telling my mom, mom, this life I've been living, I feel like I'm going to end all of it. And I feel like this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to read for people. I'm here to help people become their best self. I'm here to help. Yeah. And I remember my mom going, oh, honey, um, you know, <laughs> very, very, but she was just like, oh, and you could just like hear this, the, the, you know, the nervousness in her voice. Um, but she knew I was super, super excited. So she said, well, is there anything I could do for you? And I was like, well, yeah, it was my birthday around that time. And she said, well, what would you like for your birthday? And I said, get me an Oracle deck. Okay. So that's a huge deal, especially growing up in a religious home. So I was not, um, I was not raised with my mother. I was raised with my father and my okay. stepmother. Okay. So my mother kind of came back into my life a little bit later on. Okay. Um, and so she said, okay. Um, and she sent me, you know, Amazoned me over some cute Oracle decks. And I said, if I'm going to allow myself the process of really coming out, I need to go through that process of learning how to trust in my gifts. And yeah. I feel like Oracle is going to be a really great way for me to do that. Right. And then from there, it was just like, 
constant messages of put up a website. So I did. And, um, build a, a social media platform. So I did. And just, just these little steps. And I'm, I kid you not, I wasn't even advertising myself and people were booking on my website and I didn't even understand how, how it was happening. You know, I was just like, what, what is this? Um, and I was in a, a, a previous marriage and I, you know, um, learned very quickly that there were a lot of lessons there. Yeah. And that was really, really hard for me. So as I, I made that decision to choose love over fear um, and navigate away from that, I had to walk away from things that I had built, including businesses and or helped build, including businesses. And uh, I thought, well, how am I going to support myself? This isn't logical. Yeah. This is so not logical. But I kept seeing that movie, um, Field of Dreams, when I was yes. meditating. And... I kept hearing again and again and again, if you build it, they will come, you know, and I'm sure, you know, the spirit uses movies and there's the whole language to spirit. Absolutely. So I thought, okay, went down, kind of removed myself away from that. And within 24 hours, I went home, took a nap, fell asleep, woke up. There were 18 orders in my inbox for people to read. I wasn't even marketing myself. I wasn't even, and it was just like the validation that I needed from my team that I was on the right path. And that's kind of how DSJ was born. That's incredible. It was was incredible. And I appreciate that, but it was scary as hell. It was just, it's just been this constant facing your fears, facing your fears, facing your fears, facing your fears and trusting in the unknown. And, and, you know, so it's, that's really what it has been all about. So I've always known since I was a kid that I'm different and, and I, I, I tried for years to fit in, but as I got older, I realized that I challenge people's beliefs because I'm supposed to, you know, I'm not. absolutely So and it's, we're not and we're not always meant to fit in Stephanie and that's no. this this conditioning that society has for for our generation like this is your role this is the box you fit in and you need to stay within those confines and i think people like yourself and me who have abilities from a young age and grow up with different uh belief systems i shouldn't say different but have uh you know perhaps exposure to a religious background and people have very strict doctrines or ideas, it can make it really difficult and at times even almost suffocating when you're trying to be who you are, but yet somebody keeps saying, nope, nope, we don't talk about that. We don't go there. And or if you literally have the words screamed at you enough when you're a kid, what is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. When I had a yeah. God love her, but I had a very rough stepmother as well. And so it was just like, you know, I really learned how to suppress that feminine energy in me because she did. Yeah. So it was just all of a sudden, you know, that, you know, that divine feminine essence was just, she was unleashed and it was right around age 33. And it was like, oh, there it is. Oh, there is it. You know, all the all the stuff. And I realized, oh, I'm here to teach people to live from their heart. Oh, I'm here to teach people that, you know, the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine lives within, Absolutely. you know, all of that. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
It's interesting when many of us decide to really embrace these abilities or have these, you know, health crises or traumas that occur. And it kind of, it very much is this catalyst where the awakening happens and we can no longer be silent. And it's like our soul screams to us. And when we don't listen, often it'll show up in physical form, such as illness. And I relate different experience, but I always had abilities, but I had a really bad car accident. And physically there was nothing wrong, but the muscle pain and the chronic pain, seen every kind of specialist and doctor and treatment and been everywhere and they couldn't diagnose it. And then when you start getting into the shadow work, you're like, holy crap, this is all the stuff I've been holding on to. This yes. is all the stuff that is repressed. Yes. It literally is poison for the soul and your body has no way to let you know, but through disharmony and physical pain. And then you... And then you have to you have to do something with it because you can't stay in that space. So, well, and that sounds to me like you were moved through. That's how you understood energy. Yeah, right. Like that was kind of your activation. Where you know anything that's um, stagnant on the body like that manifests in physical pain or manifests oh. in a physical way. Same thing with the kidney. I later on looked up like the spiritual meaning of kidney issues, and it was a purge a let go, a relief. Wow. Yeah. Stress, anxiety, you know, it was, there was such a deep meaning to kidney issues. Um, and I was like, yep, there it is. You know? So I love, I love that you got kind of as, as horrible as that is. <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I understand. <laughs> yeah, As a medium, you start to realize as a psychic, you start to realize, oh yeah, everything's energy. Yeah. And no wonder I feel anxious when I'm around this person or this situation or, oh, yeah. I'm not an anxious, crazy mess. I am feeling it all. Right. And it's through sharing these experiences, like connecting with like-minded people and letting people know, Hey, there's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to be quiet. Your voice is worthy of being heard. And regardless of other people's preconceived ideas or doctrines or ways of being, we don't have to conform to that. Yeah. And we should be able to allow ourselves to express ourselves in this fullness within authenticity and without shame. And without shame. That I love that you're mentioning that because that is something that um, even this, the sensitives who I work with, that's the one thing that everybody always comes to me and they're just like the shame, the shame, the shame of feeling this way or um, being in a relationship and feeling drawn towards another person or feeling drawn towards a certain experience or whatever. And I'm yeah. like... No, your our feelings are the map. The emotions are the map. So it's showing you what's not serving you. But society and family conditioning and years of you know all the patriarchal bullshit, yeah, keeping people from following their heart and trusting what they feel. So what does that do? It manifests into physical ailments. It manifests into depression. You know all kinds of stuff. And if people just sat back and just got quiet. And allowed themselves to go, yeah, here's the clarity. I know, I know what I need to do. And then had enough faith in the universe and in yeah. God yeah. that if they did the right thing, they will be provided for. How do you, when you're working with clients, how do you um, work with them to move through some of those fragments of shame? So we work a lot on connecting with the inner child. Yeah. But, you know, so I work with people who come in who are um, very psychic, being moved through divorces, 
um, mom issues, dad issues, rejection of trauma, all that stuff. And as much as I do honor and I listen to their experience, I always reflect it back at them and I go, perfect. We've got the clarity. What is she needing? What is, and I work with people on reparenting themselves because that's what I had to do. I had to deal with that. And the more I get people into that space, the stronger and more empowered they become because they stop looking outside of themselves for validation and they're able to mm-hmm. break in patterns. And yeah. it takes a lot of bravery to do that work. Oh, like, absolutely. And a ton of courage. And, you know, for people that are listening and they go, well, I'm a medium. How does that make, or I'm a psychic. How does that make sense? It all makes sense. We all have had wounds and, mm-hmm. For us that are healers and intuitive, psychics, mediums, whatever label we want to identify as, there will come a point in our journey where we are faced with our own crap and we have to heal it because how can we help others heal when we're over here in the corner wounded ourselves? Absolutely. And there's so much clarity and empowerment and confidence that comes when we own our junk and work through it. And I've known through, you know, from my own experience, and I'm sure, you know, even from what you said, Stephanie, when we heal ourselves, we do help heal the world at some level, but our abilities, they just become more crisp and clear Mm -hmm. and we can't deny them anymore. No, it's so loud. It's like, um, you know, it's like being tuned into the right frequency on the radio. It just, the message comes loud and and spirit goes, you know what you're here to do. Enough is enough. Do it. Come on, face it. We've got your back. Right. Absolutely. That is something, you know, uh, one, like I said before, one of the main messages I have is, is make sure you're choosing love over fear, no matter what you're doing. And if it's minute by minute, great. If it's day by day, um, now I'm not going to say that I don't have my moments where I go right back into fear mode because yeah. I'm on a journey as well. Right. Okay. But if you can get yourself to train your mind to go, okay, what am I choosing right now? Am I choosing anxiety, worry, doubt, fear? Yeah. Well, spirit, you're not going to be able to hear spirit because spirit dwells in the vibration of love. Yes. But healing your stuff, you start purging out that energy in your biofield, then you become more of a clear channel and you go, oh, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. And with our abilities, our personal life is very much reflected and can be seen in our abilities. So when people go through moments and when I'm mentoring or doing uh, teaching, people will go... I just, I'm not seeing anymore. I'm not hearing anymore. It's not as clear. Okay, let's take a step back. What's going on for you as the human, the human aspect of yourself? And I truly believe, and I know others have shared the philosophy and love your thought on this too, Stephanie, is what happens in our personal life does affect our spiritual work. Oh, of course. Absolutely. And if you're not feeling grounded, if you're feeling, you know, um, if your root chakra is all out of whack and you're not feeling like you're supported by life, or if you're in a relationship that's not healthy for you, uh, you still are looking outside of yourself for validation, you know, whatever it is. And there's no shame in any of that because we are souls having a human experience. So this place is just a big school, right? So we come here to heal all of our stuff. So when you can start to like 
stop becoming this perfect version of yourself and stop focusing yeah. on and you actually start going, yeah, I've battled codependency. Yeah, I've battled rejection. Yeah, I've been uh, abandoned. I've been, you know, all this stuff. And you start going, okay, cool. And you're able to laugh at yourself and kind of see the journey for what it is, right? Not saying it doesn't come with some serious shadow work because it does. Oh, yes. It gets easier. Yeah. It gets easier. And you go, okay. But it's a, again, it all comes down to having enough faith in yourself and faith in the universe that when you take these steps towards love, you are going to slowly be shown the path and it'll come in ways that you would never expect. Logic would never even remotely play a part in, but that's what the journey is all about. Absolutely. How would you, for those listeners, how would you recommend that they cultivate and deepen their relationship with the universe? Uh, right away meditation. Yes. Yeah. Quiet time. This is something that I always recommend because everybody who I tend to work with and who I tend to attract, they live in their mind. They're overthinkers. Mm. They're in robot mind or mode. They're doing what mom, dad, society has told them to do. And they end up going, I am so not happy. I hate my career. I'm in a yep. lovely marriage. I'm in a sexless marriage. I'm in a this marriage or whatever the case may be. Um, and I go, well, how much quiet time do you get? And they're like, I don't have time for that. I'm like, ah, there it is. Right. Yeah. So I cannot stress um, from one overthinker to all the overthinkers who are going to hear this. <laughs> the slow down is the level up. Yes. The slow down is the level up. And it can be very frustrating. Um, and this is something that is a lesson I've had to learn. It can be very frustrating at times when you're like, well, I just want to get to here or I just want to get to there. But that's you being in your masculine and you're trying to force stuff. This divine feminine energy that is rising, she wants us to flow. She wants us to create. She wants us to use our intuitive abilities, you know, and that's what really needs to happen. And then people say to me, oh my God, but that means I'd have to feel. And I go, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And people are typically scared of the clarity because that means they have to do the work. So quiet time. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And you know, some people, they don't, and you're right, they don't want to feel because then they're faced with having to witness what they've been holding on to and also at some level take responsibility for some of their actions and some of the stuff that they've contributed to. And, but the work and it is work, is worth it. And it pays huge dividends. Your return on investment is always going to be more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it may not look like that for the first couple months or the first couple yeah. years. And, yeah. you know, you'll lose friends and family and people who've been in your life for 10, 15, 20 years, the people who maybe you thought you were going to be with forever, they may not understand you at all. And they may not even see you for who you really are. But they will eventually, you know, and those who are meant to be with you on your path, they'll rise up with you, right? So it really is a journey of self-love. Where are you, where are you lacking loving yourself more, right? And I think that's so important too, because we have to be able to learn to love ourselves and show compassion and grace. And when we can do that, it shifts and transforms every corner of our life Mm -hmm. and 
then we realize, wow, what I've been doing, like you said, the marriage or the career, I did that all. (laughs) I was no longer in alignment with it. And then we decide, can I live like this for the rest of my life? And you have, are you going to, you know, keep ignoring your intuition, that voice of your soul, or are you going to listen to it and do something with it? And we all have this divine purpose orchestrated um, by our counsel and ourselves before we incarnate. Now, some people don't believe in incarnation. I do. And I believe that our soul knows what we came here to learn, but are we going to fulfill that or not? That's up to us to decide because we have free will. Absolutely. I love that you're talking about this because that is something that it challenges people's traditional thinking. Um, I've literally heard someone in my life say, well, I don't believe God recycles us that way. And I'm like, oi, oi. Oh no, I've never heard recycles us. Oh. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not like, (laughs) that. Um, no. So it's us. We're the ones who judge ourselves. We And, and being a medium, you would know this because spirit comes through and, and connects things, you know, connects with you and says, well, this was my lesson on this plane. This is what I as a soul was meant to learn. And this was the connection between this person and that person in my life. And so I agree um, from what I've known and from what spirit has taught me is uh, we agree. We choose it all. Yeah. We all we go, okay, in this lifetime, we failed in these three areas. And so I'm going to incarnate with my soul family or these soul members who I have karma with. Yep. And we're going to do it right. We're going to make it right. This time we're going to do it right. So this could be something as simple as getting divorced and forgiving each other. Right? Or stopping trying to save the relationship. Because maybe the whole point is to walk away finally, because you've tried to save the relationship a hundred times before, Yeah, you know, whatever the lesson is, I always remind people that whoever you feel strongly about, whether it's negatively, whether it's positively, odds are they're a soulmate and they're here to teach you something for your highest good, right? Absolutely. And we, we need to have that understanding. And as an ordained spiritualist minister, there are some people in our belief that well, one, on the platform, reincarnation is not talked about because you can't prove it. But I know from my own experiences, it is true. And it's interesting though, because everybody's got this different idea of what may or may not be true, but we got to go based on our own experiences. And I truly, truly believe that. And some of the hardest situations and the most difficult people that come in your life they're meant to help you learn and grow. They don't, it's no, there's no haphazard. Right. Um, one of the things I want to kind of touch on that where, you know, people don't believe in incarnation because they can't prove it. Um, I, I love that you talked about people taking responsibility for themselves. A lot of times in my experience, people don't want to talk about those kind of topics or because that means that they'd actually have to take their power back. Yeah. And they'd have to stop saying, oh, well, if God didn't want it this way, I wouldn't be in a situation, right? And that in itself is all, oh, holy crap, right? Because to go, wow, I created this situation. I created that situation. I created this situation where people are so used to, again, looking outside of themselves. So they look to the church. They look to the this for the, they look outside and they're used to looking outside where God goes, look within. I'm right here. Right. So the choice is love. 
that's the right choice. It's this that's keeping you. It's your own bullshit that's keeping you from trusting in something that you cannot see or feel or whatever. And it's because you're not tuned in. You're not in the right frequency to find the clarity. And so for those that are listening, to do this work, it requires you to love yourself. Everything we're talking about, there's a reason behind it because in order to do the work, you know, of spirit to help others, you got to do your own work, which is developing a connection with your own self, having a spiritual practice, connecting with the universe, developing a relationship in that capacity where you are always plugged in and tuned in and receiving that clarity and that guidance and that support that you are worthy of having and to remove any conditioning and shame that you've experienced or still experiencing today. And to muster up the courage and the bravery to say, yeah, you know what? did some stuff. I'm not proud of it, but today's a new day and I'm shifting. I'm aligning. I'm leveling up because that is going to support you in this work. And if you don't do it, you're going to fizzle out very, very quickly. And I see this all the time. What about you, Stephanie? I see it all the time. I see people who, um, one of the biggest things with me is be willing to unlearn and reprogram. Yeah. You know, want to be the, the, um, you said I'm changing a lot of the ways that I'm doing stuff and I totally am. I want to be a source of knowledge. I want to be a source of place. Um, it's DSJ's goal to empower yourself. You don't need to depend on all this stuff outside of yourself in order for you to get there. So, um, be willing to unlearn, reprogram your mind and, and, and be, be willing enough to ask yourself, who am I before I was so-and-so's daughter or son, who am I before everyone kind of molded me into what I think I should be? Yeah. And when you do that and you go, okay, well, um, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the universe. And I was made this way. I've always felt this way. Love that. I'm worthy enough to have this. It's, it's a journey of self-worth. We desire the things that we desire in life because we're meant to align with them the people the things you know the experiences your heart would never long for something you weren't meant to experience whether it's for years right you're supposed to experience so I love that you're talking about getting rid of the shame and removing the shame around that but that takes again the inner work and being willing to go wait I've had the answers all along not everyone else and so many people And I've been guilty of this too. So I'm not sitting on no high horse and thinking I know everything. But, you know, so many of us at some point have gone to other people, looked at other resources for answers and guidance, and they can't live our life for us. And their story is unique, just like our own. So what may have worked for them, we can take it into consideration, but we got to check in with our heart. We got to check in with Mm -hmm. our soul, our own spirit and see, does this even resonate? Yeah. Yes, 100%. And, and that's where I feel like um, when I first started, I was a little nervous of being scared. And I started a tarot reading channel on YouTube, just like thousands of people are doing, millions of people at this point, because at this point, it seems to be a trending thing. Okay. Yeah. I did that for about a year. And something didn't sit right with me and my soul. And it really bothered me that if I didn't upload a general reading, 
I would get messages from people freaking out because they would watch the readings and they would depend so heavily on what I was saying for this general sign category or this romantic whatever. I stopped and my, my YouTube was just, people looked at me like I was crazy. Your YouTube's growing so fast. Why would you stop? I don't want people depending on external bullshit need. I was a bandaid for people and I want to be the resource for people who go, she showed me my shit and she had space for me while I was healing it without judgment. Right. Not, uh, Oh my God, I have to watch her tarot readings every day. Plus at the same time, I knew from my own journey that Oracle's not the answer. Oracle is a tool. Yes. Right? And I see so many people depending on Oracle. And again, that's a form of looking outside of yourself, right? It's a wonderful tool. Don't get me wrong. I love Oracle. I would love to make my own Oracle deck. It's me fun. Me too. Me too. <laughs> just, um, it's the beginning yeah. of teaching you that, you know, you know how it is when you first start playing with the cards, you're like, oh my gosh, these messages are so on point yeah. that there's, there's gotta be more. It's, it's the universe's way of teaching you that there's more to life than logic. There's an unseen energy. There's an unseen force yes. here and the cards are going to come out with whatever energy you're in alignment with. Yeah. Right. So, and when I first started, I'll say consciously developing my abilities and working with them and embracing them, I was seen and here in spirit, but I was drawn to the Oracle cards. And Everybody. I think everybody does because it's something that's tangible. We can see it. Again, we're not having to rely so much on the feelings, if you will. Exactly. But it came to a point where spirit said, okay, come on. What are mm-hmm. you doing? Not mm-hmm. that the cards were bad because they're not. And I love them. I collect them. I have over 40 decks. Girl, um, I got a ton of decks too. I love them. They're fun. Me too. They're fun. And I do some uh, intuitive card reading sessions, private with private uh-huh. readings with clients. They love them. Okay, uh-huh. no problem. Again, meet the needs. But it is a tool to help you tap into that intuition, but then in that inner voice and that knowing, but it is just to get you to that place of, wow, there is more. But I like what you said, that term or that reference, a crutch. It cannot be your crutch. And I find that sometimes two people become really dependent on the social media posts as far as the guidance. It was ridiculous. And not only like for myself, it was too much. I've actually deleted all of my card readings and I stopped doing it. Couldn't do it anymore. The demands and, oh, are you going to pull a free reading for me? No, <laughs> like, no. no, no, no. And then um, just people becoming dependent on psychics and mediums and healers. And we're simply a guide for you to bring you back home to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And we reflect, and I, I'm sure you experienced as well. You attract a ton of healers, right? You attract yeah. a ton of, you attract a, like attracts like, you know? So um, it's, it's, exactly that it's a space for you to go oh wow I'm seen and it's safe for me to be seen there are other people out there like me this is fantastic now I've been given a choice because this reading or this experience I've had with this healer um, has opened my eyes yeah 
right? Absolutely. And they do tend to bring, you know, I, I, I'm sure you experience this too. Um, I have a lot of people who go, I don't even know how I found you or how I this, but I happened, um, I had a gal the other day, she said, I walked into Barnes and Noble, I found your book. And immediately when I saw that I could book with you, I was like, no way. And I booked with you. She goes, it was the craziest divine thing. And now we're coaching. Now we're doing things together. And she's like, you're changing my life. She said, in a million years, I would have never thought a corporate woman walk into a bookstore and all of a sudden I'm going through my spiritual awakening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so they incredible. come to you the coolest way in the most coolest ways. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Talking about your book in Barnes and Normal, how did you become or where, what took you to that place of, I'm going to start writing and offering, yeah. giving this offering to the world? How did you get to that place? Quiet time. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, so I always feel, and I'm, I'm working on this, uh, just like everyone else, I'm a work in progress. I always feel a little guilty saying this because it was never my intention to be a writer. I had no desire. Um, I've always journaled. I love journaling. So when I first started going through my awakening, I just started journaling everything I was experiencing so that I would stop feeling crazy. Yeah. You know, the angel numbers, the signs, the messages in music, the messages in movies, the synchronicities, all this stuff. Um, And then when I started meditating pretty heavily, I always meditated for 15, 20 years now I've meditated. But it wasn't until I started meditating like consistently that I started developing my own stronger, what was already there, it cracked open even more, my clairvoyance. So I would journal everything that I was seeing during meditation. And before about a year, year and a half, I had all these journals. And then when I started my IG and I was going live, this publisher reached out to me and just said, I have been watching you. I love you. I love everything that you have to say. I love that you take the intuitive empath experience and turn it into empowerment. Yeah. This is a book we're wanting to write. Um, It's more for like, um, at that time, it was more towards logic. And she, she loved how I combined spirit and logic together so that it was more practical. So she had me write a workbook. And she said, if you could take your experience so that when other people start waking up or, you know, figuring out who they are, what they identify with, we, we have this project called the Happy Empaths Workbook. And I did not like the name because I was like, empaths usually aren't that happy at first. They're pretty, yes. they, they, they're pretty irritated because they're feeling all the stuff. However, <laughs> the reason I took it on was because my mom always used to t- say to me, she'd be, you're so happy all the time. You turn negative situations into positive situations. And so I thought, okay, so they decided on the name. They decided on it. I thought, this is an opportunity. Well, everything that they wanted me to write about, I looked over in my journals and I was like, no way, no way. Like I already have so much of this here. It's all here. And so I took my four journals for that particular book, five journals, something like that. And I just started writing and I started putting it into practical terms. And what I found really interesting is that when I was writing it, because I thought, how am I going to write this? in this kind of a way. I just started channeling. Wow. Writing stuff that I was like, what the hell? Where did that come from? (laughs) (laughs) 
wow, okay. And so I called my sister one day and I was like, I think I have some real divine shit flowing through me. I was like, either that or I'm like that shit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was, that was how Happy Empaths Workbook was, was born. And, um, and then boom, it just kind of, it was so strange. It wasn't something that I desired. Um, it feels more like, uh, and I still use it for a lot of things. Um, it was my team's way of saying, you're on the right path, Steph. Keep going. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to be seen. It's okay to be who you are. Um, it's okay to own your shit. Yeah. You know, it's okay for you to just, just, just be you. And boom, it was, it was, it took off Amazon. It became an Amazon bestseller. It was crazy. It just, I, I, I remember crying one time because I looked at it um, and it was when this was that it was like peak when it was first released, it was selling next to books like um, Dr. Michael Beckwith and Louise. And yeah. And Joe Dispenza. And I was like, I took screenshots of it all. And I was like, you've got to be. That's some heavy hitters. Those are some heavy hitters. And in no way. I mean, these are people who I look up to. These are people who inspire crap out of me, who I resonate with. And and I looked over um, at, a, at, a, at a family member and I just started crying. And I was like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I had no desire to write a book, but it was almost like I had to write the book to see me in ways that other people may have seen me, but I never saw myself, you know? And how did that shift your work moving forward? Oh, it gave me confidence. Yeah. You know, of course. But here's the thing. Um, of course, we, it, it made me feel validated in a way. Yeah. But at the same time, there's been several times along my journey still where I've gone back to those initial journals and remembered my why and why I'm doing this. And so I really try to focus on continuing to validate myself. So for anybody who struggles with that, because I don't want that message to be like, oh, I got this and then it validated me. Yes, it gave me a huge boost. And I was like, wow, this is amazing and aligned effortlessly. Yeah. But at the same time, if you don't get a book deal, it doesn't mean anything. You're That's right. The right path. It, you're still, you know, it's still, there's something else that's meant for you just because that's my story. That doesn't mean anything. So whatever's meant for you, it just, I guess the point is, is that it'll align effortlessly. And that's how the book deals came is they just, they just came. That's incredible. Yeah. What do you have coming up? So I am working on something called the Truition Tribe. And this is a place that I have, I've been working on it for about a year. <clears throat> and what I have noticed uh, working with people is that a lot of people who are triggered, they come to me, they want to work with me. I make them feel better. They go away for a little while. They come back, they're triggered. <laughs> they <make them> better. <laughs> and so I'm trying to break people of that habit. Um, because I don't want to be the band-aid. I want, like I yeah. said, so I've created this, this community called the Truition Tribe. And Truition, um, I named it after my little puppy who's recently passed. I used to call her Trixie True Love. And Truition is a word that um, basically describes finding your true north and being in alignment with what your soul says. So it's this community of resource and topics where you can log in at any time. And if it's two o'clock in the morning and you are anxious or you're experiencing depression, 
you can log in and there's a slew of interviews, a slew of meditations, a slew of um, uh, oils and herbs that you can be taking to help get you through your, your triggers or, you know, so that you're not depending on some outsourced yeah. source place to go. Um, so that's a really cool community that I'm building and it's outside of social media. So you don't have to deal with the toxicity of social media. Yeah. And so I'm really excited. That's launching fall of 2022. Awesome. Um, so me really, really excited. Just making a note. I am including that in the show notes, everybody. So you can go check uh-huh. it out. Finding your true north and listening to your soul. So important. <laughs> so important. And do you have any other upcoming events or anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today, Steph? Upcoming events. Um, I have some stuff that's going on, but it's not for sure yet. So okay. I won't. No pressure, yeah, no, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> and would you have any words of advice for those that are just in the beginning stages of their spiritual awakening and really unclear as to what the next step to take would be? Any thoughts or suggestions on that? Yeah, keep ne- keep taking that next step, even if you don't know if there's a stepping stone there. Good words of advice because if we if we trust that we're always being held, guided, guarded, and protected and loved, it doesn't matter if we know what the next step is. We're always gonna everything's gonna align and we are gonna always end up where we need to be. Yeah. And be willing to venture into the unknown. You know, it's okay. You're pioneering this new chapter of your life and have patience with yourself as you're becoming someone who you haven't been. Yeah. Beautiful. Stephanie, it's been so nice having you on the show. You've been just amazing. And I just love everything about you and your mission and your soul. It speaks volumes. And it's just been an honor to have you here on the show and sharing your voice with the listeners. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Connected Spirit. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you so much for tagging me on Instagram at Medium Courtney Dawson. It really helps to get the word out about this podcast so we can help more people just like you. If you're interested in a private reading or attending any one of my mentoring classes, workshops, or events, you can go to mediumcourtneydawson.com or check me out on Instagram at mediumcourtneydawson. Have a great day, guys.